Hey, good evening, everyone. Good evening, good evening. If you'd everybody could please take their seats. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. There we go. Very good. Welcome to New Village Church and our Christmas Eve candlelight service. We're so thankful that uh, we could all be here together as a church family. And for those of you who are not part of our family, we welcome you as well. And we're, we're so thankful that you could be uh, here with us tonight to celebrate the culmination of this Advent season, the coming of God into the world in the flesh in the form of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Uh, just a few quick announcements before we start. Um, one is that uh, we hope everybody has a candle. If, if, as you came in, the candles are right outside the door, so hopefully everybody has one for when we do the candlelight uh, at the end. Uh, number two is that we do have babysitting, so for some of you little kids, if your parents start to get a little bit agitated, kids, just walk them down to the back of the church and drop your parents in there, okay? Um, we do have a couple of babysitters back there. And then also, we have a few uh, books that you might be interested in as you walk out the door on the table to the right of the candles. Um, we have one by Billy Graham called Christmas, the Father's Gift. And then we have the Gospel of Luke. And then another one called A Very Different Christmas. So if you're interested in one of those books, please uh, take them as our gift to you. Uh, we're going to begin our service tonight with a special song called The Desire of My Heart. And then immediately after that, we'll follow uh, by the lighting of the Advent candles. So uh, please um, sit back, enjoy this song, and then please feel free to join in when they ask you to sing, and, and let's raise our voices in praise to the Lord.
Four Sundays ago, we lit the first Advent candle as a reminder of the hope we have in Christ. Three weeks ago, we lit the second candle as a reminder of the peace he gives. Two weeks ago, we lit the third candle as a reminder of the joy he brings. Last Sunday, we lit the fourth candle as a reminder of the love God shows us in Christ. Tonight, the Advent season ends. We wait no longer. That great event for which we waited has happened. God's promise of a Redeemer is fulfilled. Christ Jesus is born. We light the Christ candle with praise to our God who sent our Savior into the world. Titus 2, 11 through 14. For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this world with self-control, right conduct, and devotion to God. While we look forward to that wonderful event when the, the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. He gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us, and to make us his very own people, totally committed to doing what is right. Thank you, Pat, Lyra, Joshua, and Sarah. Our first reading tonight is from Genesis 3, verses 8 through 15. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? The man said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. And God said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me from the tree, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you will go, and dust you will eat all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head, and you shall bruise him on the heel. Um, one of our first songs this evening.
Our second reading is from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness, from then on and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. your 
What a win wonderful biblical truth in that song where he says, you're the reason that he came. Our third reading is from the prophet Micah, verses, uh, chapter 5, verses 2 through 4, where Micah foretells the glory of Bethlehem. But as for you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, too little to be among the clans of Judah. From you one will go forth for me to be ruler in Israel. His goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. Therefore, he will give them up until the time when she who is in labor has born a child. Then the remainder of his brethren will return to the sons of Israel. And he will arise and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord and the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they will remain because at that time he will be great to the ends of the earth. At this time, I invite everyone to stand as we continue singing together. And we're going to uh, sing hymn number 192 if you want to look in the hymnal in front of you, if you can read it, or the lyrics will be on the screen uh, behind us. So let's sing together.
From the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, of the descendants of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age, and she who was called barren is now in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. We continue singing together. <laughs>
these Christmas songs, these carols that we love to sing. I mean, just that line again, nails, spear shall pierce him through. The cross be born for me, for you. This is why we have Christmas. From the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, verses 18 to 23. Now the birth of Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet Isaiah. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us.
from Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. At this time, I invite everyone to stand again as we continue singing together. And if you want to read in the hymnal, it's hymn number 170. So let's sing together. Isn't it cool that we have our own built-in mini-orchestra? The Gospel of Luke, chapter 2 again, picking up in verse 8. In the same region there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold... I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. 
This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there, there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly ghost, host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom He is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as had been told them. Able, you can stand. If you want to sit, that's okay. Um, but let's let's sing together our next song. last reading is from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 14, where John unfolds for us the great mystery of the Incarnation. 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and apart from Him nothing came into being that has come into being. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify, to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. There was the true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw His glory, glory as the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. All right, for our next song, you may stay seated. You don't have to stand. Uh, Last year, we were introduced uh, to this song actually by... Uh, Becca and Carolyn, and it was just a song that really just stuck with me this whole year, and I was like, I can't wait for Christmas to sing this song again. (laughs) Um, So I I invite everyone, if you want to hum along or sing along, it's a pretty simple song to to learn, but um, so yeah, let's just worship together. Thank you. 
this wasn't planned, but I really want to hear your voices. So if you guys could stand up and sing, I just, I want to praise with you guys, not just with us. So please lift your voices and, and sing to our amazing, amazing God. Hello. 
so happy to be here. <coughs> Christmas Eve service is absolutely the highlight of the year for me. Um, it has been for the past 26 years. The joy of the Christmas carols, the beauty of the church, those scriptures that speak of his coming. I love being here together with my church family and with some of my own family just to celebrate the coming of the Savior into the world and into our hearts. But wait, how is it possible for me to stand here and proclaim such goodness? I'm so blessed to give my testimony tonight. And instead of starting at the beginning of my life, I thought it would be more appropriate to start at the present, right now. Most of you know me. I'm your, we're a church family and my other friends and family. So let's start now with who you know. I stand here today in awe of what God has done in my life. Most of you know me these past 20, 20 years as Gina Robb, Christian, believer, Larry's wife, I get that a lot, <laughs> homeschool mom, worship leader. In addition, you might say, I hope you say, I usually have a smile on my face. That's because I love people, I love life, I love to sing, and I love to laugh. This is true at church, and I think my family would say it's true at home as well, at least I hope. <laughs> Larry and I have been in ministry for 18 years, serving the Lord here with Long Island Youth Mentoring, a mentoring ministry for children and their families. I've been homeschooling our six children for 17 years, teaching and discipling them, which I am still continue to do. I've led Bible studies, I've led worship, I've served in Pioneer Girls, I've led homeschool groups, I'm leading a homeschool group now in this church. I don't stand here saying that life is perfect or that I'm perfect because it's not and I'm not. There's heartache in my life, there's financial stress, there's health issues, just like everyone else. I'm challenged every day but I am a daughter of the King, and I am filled with joy and peace and hope. But that wasn't always the case. What if Jesus wasn't in my life? Would I be here? No. Would I be married? Probably not. Would I have six children and seven grandchildren? Absolutely not. It's frightening to think about how did I get to this place? One word, grace. So let's rewind about 27 years. There I am, married, five years, trying to make a nice life for myself with my hubby and my two little girls. The only problem is I'm hurting on the inside. And if we rewind a little bit further, we can see how God has orchestrated the events in my life, both good and bad. You see, even though I had a wonderful family growing up, mom and dad were both home. They were working hard. They loved their family. They even loved me. But guess what? I still felt unloved. We were a solid family, actually one that was pretty impressive by the world standards. But we had our issues. We had alcoholism and sexual abuse, and we had a severe lack of communication. I had four siblings, always someone to play with or fight with. I had grandparents living in my house, kids in the neighborhood, but I still felt lonely. So lonely that I painted a big piece of construction paper 
It's right there on the music stand. It says, love is lonely, and there's a little girl crying. I was only six years old. My dad saved it, and he hung it on the wall. Later, he told me that he was lonely, too, when he was a little boy. Without the word of God taught to me in my home and lived out in my family, I had no foundation, no solid structure for when life got tough. For some reason, I was a target at school. I was not liked. Very early on, I felt ugly and worthless. It was a conflict to have a family that loved me yet to be hated at school. And it doesn't, you don't need a crowd of kids to hate you to make you feel bad. Only a few who consistently insist that you have no value. Without God's truth in my life, I believed all those lies. I struggled through my teen years and I made all the wrong choices, all for the sake of finding acceptance. From that topsy-turvy emotional roller coaster, I met my husband. We were 17. He liked me, I liked him, so we dated. That's what we did. That's what everyone did. But remember, this is after I've already made some poor choices. So at this point, I was feeling pretty bad about myself. So Larry and I met. We came together with all kinds of dysfunction in his family and mine. We struggled through some good times and bad. Both the good times and the bad times usually involved drinking and partying. We didn't know what commitment meant. We had no idea what a relationship was intended to be. And we had no clue how to handle conflict. But I was in love with him. And despite the dysfunction, we had mostly good times until about three years into our marriage. Now we have a house, a dog, two girls, I guess the pressure got to us. Larry started working seven days a week, building an incredible insulation business, which thrives to this day because of his hard work. But I was resentful and angry. I was basically a single mom trying to raise a baby and a toddler. It looked so easy in the magazines, but it was grueling. Larry's business was doing really well, and he was growing in success and pride. It was really getting ugly. We were fighting all the time. On top of that, my mom was dying, emphysema. She was the one I ran to with the kids. She loved me and the kids and she tried to help, but she had a smoking and a drinking addiction and she couldn't even help herself. I remember the Christmas before she died. I called her doctor to ask about her health. This is before the HIPAA laws. And he told me, told me she was dying. I was shocked. I knew she was sick, but dying? We met at our favorite restaurant on Christmas Eve, and there was my mom in a wheelchair. I guess she asked my dad for one. I never even asked. I was shocked. I remember thinking, she's 53 years old. Why does she look so old? I struggled that whole year with my mom's illness. All of us did. Me and my sisters, we discussed it over and over again. Why won't she stop smoking? Doesn't she love us? I wanted answers, so I decided to go to church. I hit every church in a 10-mile radius of my house. And I asked the priest, where will my mother go when she dies? And all of them said the same thing. Well, we can't know for sure, but we will pray for her. I was getting agitated. Can't know for sure, why not? I asked my sister-in-law, Christine, 
is heaven for real? She said it was. I said, how do you know? So she gave me a Bible. And I flipped through it, and I came across this verse. Only a fool says in his heart, there is no God. I didn't have all my answers yet, but I knew I did not want to be a fool. That following summer, something wonderful happened. I went on a weekend vacation with my sisters, and our hotel was across the street from a church. I was drawn to that church. I told my sisters, I'm going to that church on Sunday, and they said, have a good time. Sunday came, and I walked across to that church all by myself. I sat in the pew, and I can vividly remember the pastor telling the few people that were in that church that Jesus is alive. Alive, I thought, what does that mean? As if he knew what I was thinking, he explained that Jesus came to earth as a baby, grew up to tell us about heaven, to die on a cross for our sins, although he himself was sinless. Well, that much I pretty much knew, but it was like I was hearing it for the first time. Then he told me that Jesus rose from the dead so that he can send his Holy Spirit to live in our hearts. Now this was news to me. He said that Jesus loved me just as I was. He wanted to have a relationship with me, even though I was so far from perfect. Now this was quite a revelation. Around this time, a neighbor of mine had been inviting me to her church. She saw how Larry was working seven days a week, and her invitation included, kids go to Sunday school, and you get to sit in the church by yourself. I like that idea. And now that I had an interest in who Jesus was, I thought, well, maybe I'll hear more about him in this church. And I did. I sat in her church, which eventually became my church, week after week, and I learned more and more about Jesus, his love for me, forgiveness of my sins, the power of the Holy Spirit working in me. I joined a Bible study immediately, and I sat with eyes and ears wide open to hear how wonderful God really was and how much he loved me. I was so happy. But my mom was still dying. So I shared this good news with her. And she politely said, that's nice, honey. Now, my mom had never gone to church, ever. Maybe that's why I was so concerned about her and her death. But I spoke to my new pastor about death, about heaven, and he shared this verse with me. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I didn't know what saved meant, but he taught me that my sin-sick soul is saved from death by believing on the suffering and death of Jesus Christ and his resurrection, that Jesus opened the door to heaven. I couldn't believe it. I honestly was shocked, shocked at what Jesus did for me, shocked at how easily he accepts me. My mom passed away in the next winter. She never verbally gave me any indication of her salvation in the end, but the day she died, my dad called us and asked us to come to the house. And when I walked in the room, there was a picture of Jesus on my mom's bed. Now, my mom never talked about God or Jesus. I asked my dad about the picture. He said she whispered Jesus' name just before she died. And he went into his room, and he found an old painting and put it by her bed. I was amazed. My mom looked at Jesus' face right before she died. That whole year, I enjoyed such joy in knowing that God is real and active in my life. I saw how God gave me rest from my anxious thoughts about my mom. 
Although I missed her tremendously, I knew God didn't take her away from me to punish me or to punish her. It was the sin of this world that took her. In such sorrow over my mom's illness and death, I read this psalm. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on a rock, and he gave me a firm place to stand. That verse really spoke to my heart. I placed my trust in him, and he transformed my life. He forgave all of my sins. I was free of the guilt and the shame that I had carried through my life. He gave me guidance for parenting, teaching me how to parent through the Bible. He gave me patience with my children, patience with my hardworking and slightly arrogant husband. You can ask him about his testimony. He soon gave Larry the same revelation, and Larry found salvation. We were finally on the same page. We were completely relieved of the burden of our sin and overwhelmed by God's love. He healed our hearts. He healed our marriage. It took weeks and months and years of confession and tears to build trust again in our relationship. But we knew now that we were children of God and children of the King. So now, Christmas time, my first Christmas with the Holy Spirit living inside of me. It was truly an exciting experience. As I pulled out the nativity and I placed the baby Jesus there in between Mary and Joseph, I saw my Savior. As I listened to the Christmas hymns, as if for the first time I heard the gospel. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of my dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining. That was me, my life, my whole life in sin and heartache. Till he appeared and my soul felt its worth. And as I read the Christmas story in Luke, I understood the whole story and I saw myself in the story. I read, as Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. The generations of alcoholism have ended in my family. God has done great things in my life and he continues to pour out grace and mercy, although surely I don't deserve it. I continue to struggle in sin. I am weak like everyone else, but I love my savior and I've tried to live these past 26 years knowing exactly what Jesus wants me to do, proclaim his goodness. He came to die for me and for you, not because of anything we've done, but because of what God has done through his son, Jesus, because the baby in the manger is the savior of the world. I don't know what the future holds. Jesus tells me in this world, you will have trouble. In the New Living Translation, it says many trials and sorrows. I've seen so many of my friends suffer this year. I don't expect to be exempt, but I know for sure that Jesus is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. He will be with me and he, I will trust him in every work. I pray my testimony has brought a clearer understanding of God's love for you. He is real, he is alive, and he wants so much for you to know him more and more each day.
Emmanuel, God, is with us. Thank you for listening. Amen. What a great story. A story not about a person, uh, Gina, the super mom and super person, but uh, the story about Christ and what a gracious and wonderful Savior he is. And that's why we're here to celebrate tonight. And um, I just want to just think for a moment now what we're going to do as we move from hearing her story to thinking about what's your story? Where are you coming from tonight? What's your background? I have no idea. We all have our own unique struggles, areas in which we've been shaped and uh, impressions made upon us. Maybe some of you are here a little skeptical. Maybe some of you are here tonight and you're still feeling like you're lonely or not loved or you're still finding, struggling with trying to make sense of life. And uh, in just a moment, we're going to just perform sort of a symbolic little um, sharing uh, where we take the lights and we're going to bring them down low and we're just going to light a candle. I'll light a candle from the Christ candle and just share it and we'll begin to light all the candles that we have. And it really is reminding us that it is Christ working one life after another of sharing the good news with one person to another that begins to say, I need the light of Christ in my life. And I don't know where it is that you sense your need for the light of Christ in your life. Maybe you say, I need truth in my life because my life doesn't make sense. And all I'll all I do is believe lies and I get into dead ends. I don't know where to go. Maybe some of us are saying tonight, Lord, I need you to uh, bring your light of holiness into my life because my life is headed in the wrong direction. I'm making all the wrong choices. I need you to work in my heart and change me from the inside out. Some of us need the light that says a light of life because I feel like my, I'm just living in existence. I don't really know God. I don't know why I'm here. I don't feel like I have any sense of purpose. And I'm told it's just a random world brought about by evolution. And I'm just here because of some randomness. No, the truth is that God has you here for a reason. And he is the one who created you. And you are one who bears his image. And Christ died for you and loves you. And he wants to impart his life to you. So tonight I would just invite you to think through what is it you want Christ to do in your heart and life. How can he rewrite your story just like he rewrote Gina's story? It won't be a perfect fairy tale. No, life goes on and has struggles and difficulties. But the, the bigger picture is that Christ came into a broken world. He first made a perfect world, came into the broken world with the purpose of fixing and putting the world back right the way we long for it to be. And that will happen someday when Christ comes the second time. So are you ready for his return? I hope you are, because Christ is coming. He came first in humility. Next time he comes, he's coming in great power and glory, and nobody's going to miss that. Everybody's going to be on their knees and acknowledging his greatness. Tonight's the night where we encourage you to be right with the Lord and invite his light into your heart and life in whatever that particular aspect is for you. Let me just read a verse before we do this. It says, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't be stumbling through the darkness, but because you will have the light 
that leads to life. And so maybe you've been stumbling through life. Christ is the one who will give you light. All right, if we could just uh, lower the lights at this time, and uh, we'll now begin to uh, pass the lights around the candles.
to take a moment here and to meditate and pray for your opportunity for you to respond and to think, Lord, if your light was shining in my life, what difference would it make? How much is it that you long to have the light of Christ changing you on the inside? What would you like to see the Lord do to you and do for you and do in you and through you in the year ahead? I'm just going to give you a moment just to pray and offer your own prayer to the Lord. And the Bible says, as many as received him, to them he gave the power or the authority to become a child of God, even to those who believe on his name. Trust Christ, surrender to him, and invite his light into your life. Amen. Let's extinguish our candles. Now I'm going to close in prayer. <coughs> Try not to be asphyxiated. <laughs> Before I pray, let me just again thank you for being a part of this service tonight. I want to thank all those who are participating and leading it. We really appreciate their singing and their reading and various things. I also just want to mention one more important thing. On your way out, if you're here tonight and this is new to you, and you've really never explored the person of Jesus Christ, and you're really saying, well, uh, I'm just uh, finding out about this. It sounds like an interesting story in her life. Let me encourage you to take up some of the materials in the back. It's free. Uh, there's a book of Luke. It's the story of Jesus. Very simple read. Uh, feel free to take that and start reading it. Uh, or there's another book about making a Christmas different than how you've been in the past, about how God can change us on the inside. And uh, any of the other materials on the left, you can have those too. Let's stand together and we'll close in prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you that what is happening here tonight is not based on some myth, on some made-up story, but we thank you that you, as the true and living God, the creator of all things, you entered into this world in the person of your son, Jesus Christ. At the fullness of time, Christ was born of a woman, born under the law. We thank you that he lived a life. He walked in this earth and dealt with things that we deal with in life. He understands what it means to struggle, what it means to deal with injustice, what it means to deal with, with pain and suffering. And we pray, Lord, that you would impress upon us the wonders of your love, a love that comes down to where we are and enters our world. A love that was suffering for us in our place on the cross. A love that was now uh, made triumphant in, its, in the resurrection from the grave. And a love that says, I'm, I am determined and able to change you from the inside. To give you a free gift of new life through Christ. So Lord, may your love change us. May your light penetrate into our dark hearts. And may we live for your glory. And may we enjoy new life in you today and tonight and tomorrow and the rest of our life until you come again. <coughs> in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Merry Christmas. Amen.